0: Morning, friends. The privilege to be here and and a, to fulfill this great introduction from our pastor who would certainly take a real life, wouldn't it? So we are giving praise to the Lord for all of His great healing powers and His mercies that He has given to us down through the years. <clears throat> now I have a few announcements to make. One, we brother Woods and brother Roberson and. We want to thank you all for praying for us for a safe trip. Had a wonderful time. Just gone four and a half days, I believe, and back again safely. The Lord did bless us. Now we are announcing that uh, the brother Grim Snelling, his uh, revival is continuing on up at the, um, the end of Brigham Avenue in the city here. And this coming Wednesday night, I want to go away tomorrow after a funeral service for one that will announce in a few moments, we'll let you know Wednesday night we want to go in a delegation all up to visit Brother Graham before he closes his service up there. And we'll try to get the entire church together, if we can, and go with the delegation to meet, to be with Brother Graham in one of his services. And now, this afternoon at... At the Undertaker Establishment at uh, Charleston is uh, a Mrs. Cobbin that once come to the church here many years ago, 74 years old, left this life yesterday to go to be with the Lord Jesus. And her funeral is to be preached uh, Monday by Reverend Mr. McKinney, used to formerly uh, the pastor of the Methodist Church at, at Port Fulton for many years which was a personal friend of theirs, and I'm just assisting, uh, Monday at, uh, I believe it's 1.30, at the, uh, at the uh, chapel at Charleston, Indiana. And all of these friends of the Carlton family would, I know, would appreciate now just a little courage or a little handshake for we all know what it is. We have been down through those valleys ourselves and know what it means to lose a friend. And so we, uh, she's laying in the uh, in the chapel now at Charleston, Indiana. If you go up this afternoon, ma, it would be appreciated by the Colvin family, I'm sure. Many of their people come here to the tabernacle. Is yet a married, buried, baptized, premier their family through. And uh, so, Mr. Grayson, that used to be her neighbor right here, is the undertaker up there. And. Uh, then, uh, this tonight, the Lord willing, or we leave off this morning, we'll try to pick up tonight, in this great study that we're studying in now. And then, uh, I think that was the announcement as far as, as I, I know Um. And this coming Wednesday night now, we'll announce tonight that we're going up to be with Brother Green. And we welcome all the strangers in our gates, and we're happy to have you here this morning and pray that. God will exceedingly, abundantly bless you today for this gathering. Amen. Brother Cox had just told me that the public addressing outfit wasn't working too well at the time. Perhaps maybe according to the weather, a lot of dampness and the speakers there, and they're not too good to begin with, so that may be the cause. As I see a sister sitting here that I know, the sister arguing right this is not nice, and uh, and etiquette to ask this, but have you heard from Brother Arden right since it's been over? I am very interested in hearing from him as soon as we can. He's is in Switzerland, and Germany, in a meeting over there with Brother Tommy Hicks and Paul King. If you ever hear, Sister Luke, you let me know right away, as quick as you can. <clears throat> now, the Little Tabernacle has no membership, but we have fellowship. We have no creed but Christ, no law but love, no book but the Bible. That's the only book that we know of, and the only thing that we know is we have. As the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sins, we have fellowship one with the other. Everybody? I noticed noticing this morning that some of you people might have heard the brother praying. That was a Catholic, so, or formerly a Catholic. And we have all different types of people come here. Just had the privilege a few moments ago to shake the hand of a Mennonite brother who's sitting in here, and uh, from the Mennonite, from the Methodists, from the Baptist, from the Catholic, or whosoever will, let them come, and we fellowship together around the blessings of God's word. That present as Jehovah Witness and different types of the people, so different denomination. I used to love what well, I do, yet. The West, I love horses and cattle that just raised on a farm and I, I love it. And we used to have a roundup and I'd go with them and we had a drift fence. I don't know why you Eastern people know what a drift fence is or not. It's when you put the cattle into the, the forest, they have a fence to keep them from drifting what they call come back down to the ranches that eat up the grass where they're raising the grass for the winter feed. And then up in the mountain, we also have drift fences where they separate so many females and male and so forth, called a drift fence. But the main drift fence is where the ranger stands when the cattle are going through. And now, I've sat there many days day in my saddle and watched them as the cattle would go through. There was all different kinds of brands went in. There was some called the Diamond, and some of them called the Bar X. Uh, Some ours was a tripod, something like a Boy Scout emblem. The next fellow below up was a turkey track on the horse, and they had all different kinds of brands to to know their cattle when they drove them out. Now, the ranger wasn't so interested in what brand they had, but here's what the ranger was interested to watch a tag in their ear. Everything that went in there, no matter what brand it was, had to be a third-bred herpherd. It could not go in there unless it was a herford it Had to be registered stock, or it couldn't get through. I think on that day, when the Lord comes, he's not going to pay attention to what brand we're wearing. But if we're all born again Christian. That's right. That's the stock of Christ. The blood test is going to prove us. We're all Christians. If we're going to be that way there, we might as well be that way here, don't you think so? That's the way we appreciate all fellowship from all different churches. Now we're studying in this blessed book of Hebrews. One brother has enjoyed it so much, that so he's taken the tapes and he's making a book of lectures on this. Now we're going to come pretty soon to the eleventh chapter. We expect to spend the winter on that. On the 11th chapter, for each one of those characters, we wish to go back through the book and tie the entire scripture together. I was going to do it by a portion potion on some of this, of these former chapters, to get the whole book tied together. Amen. Or you see, scripture must prove scripture. Therefore, if there's any contradiction that anyone would think that the Scriptures contradict each other, that's an error. There's no Scripture contradicts the Scripture. The, the contradiction is, or that maybe it contradicts our way of looking at it, Amen. but it doesn't contradict itself. Amen. I've been in ministry going in 26 years now. And I have never, one time, found one thing in the Bible that contradicts anything else that's written in the Bible. And I, I just know it isn't there. And today we are studying in one of the most blessed chapters of the Hebrews, the seventh chapter. Yeah, and if anyone doesn't have a Bible and would like to follow us in the readings, we'd be glad to bring you a Bible. If you just raise your hand, I'll have some of the elders. Someone come here, get some. Someone are raising their hands back there. And uh, and if you want a Bible, just uh, raise your hand and they'll bring it to you. Now, the only way that a church can be built, the only way that a man can have faith, is not by his denomination, not by his affiliation. But his faith rests not upon the theology of some uh, man's ideas, because it's more or less altogether man. But the only way faith can find its solemn resting place is upon the immovable and unchangeable word of God. Amen. Faith cometh by hearing Hearing the Word. That's how it takes. And when faith is heard and accepted, it's forever settled. Nothing no more can ever move it, no matter what comes or goes. Nothing can ever change that faith. Think of that. You're anchored. And you no more change for time and eternity. You're anchored forever. For God by one sacrifice has perfected forever those that are sanctified, are called. And faith has such a great place in the Christian, the believer's life, that it can take its stand by the side of a muddy grave, or over a casket, or a precious baby or a sweetheart, has passed from this life to the beyond, and with a stern look of the eagle eye, can look to him who said, I am the resurrection and the life. And they forget the things that's in the past. They press on to the mark of the high calling. I'm so glad that God has provided such and has made it a free gift to all. That's what churches are to be. Churches doesn't mean denominations or organizations. It means groups of people of believers who's gathered together under the fellowship of the word. And in this marvelous teaching here of St. Paul, in the backgrounds, in the former chapters, he has specifically been dealing with the supreme deity of the Lord Jesus and who he was. Christ was God made so that man could feel him and touch him and, and fellowship with him. Christ, the Lord Jesus, was the body that God dwelt in. God was made flesh and dwelt among us. First Timothy 3:16. Without controversy, greatest the mystery of godliness, for God was manifested in flesh. The great Jehovah came down and was made tangible. By living in the body of his own son, declaring and reconciling the world to himself. God was nothing Christ was nothing short of God, and and God was nothing short of Christ. The two together made the Godhead bodily. Made a little lower than angels so that he could suffer. Angels cannot suffer. Jesus was the tabernacle that God dwelt in. The Bible said in the seventh chapter of the Acts of the Apostles at tabernacles and sacrifice and burnt offerings thou wouldest not, but a body has thou prepared me. Howbeit the most high dwelleth not in tabernacles made with hands, but a body has thou prepared me. That in tabernacling, or dwelling, in a fellowship with man, God permits, as soon as we're through with this chapter here, or through with this book, we want to go back and pick up the book of Ruth, and showing in that at how God became kinfolks to us to reconcile the lost back to himself by fellowshipping and becoming one of us. The Redeemer must be kinfolks, and the only way that God could become kinfolks to us is to become one of us, so he could not become an angel and be kinfolks to man. Last evening when I was talking to the heartbroken son, my partner, of the mother that's just passed away, said, Oh brother Bill, I guess she's an angel tonight. I said, No Earl, she'll never be an angel. She's a woman tonight, just as God made her and will always be. Never angel, God made angel. He never made man become angels. He made angels and man.
1: Amen. So man will
0: never be angels, and angels will never be man. God made them different. Now, and in Christ, becoming flesh to redeem out of that grave beyond where man had fell in that immortality, but sin had come down, God came down and taken on the form or the shape of a man and became kin folks to us that he might bear our sin and our death. And in one of the illustrations we were giving in a previous lesson, just a little background so the newcomer would understand, God on his road up to Calvary as the sting of death was upon him and was buzzing around him. And finally it stung him until he died. He died till the sun quit shining. He died until the moon and the stars would not give their light. Or how he had to do that? To anchor the stinger of death. If he had been an immortal person, if he had been in the theosity or been in the spirit, death has no control of that. It had to become flesh that he could take the stinger of death. But when a bee or an insect who stings, once sting deep, he'll never sting again. He leaves a stinger in the flesh. That's what Christ, be- or God became. Christ dwelt in flesh that he might anchor in his own flesh. The stinger of death. And when death pulled away from him at the cross, it left its stinger. Amen. It cannot sting a believer anymore. It can make a humming noise. It can make a buzz and a threat. But it cannot sting. It has no stinger. The great Saint Paul, on his death march, screamed and said, Oh, death, where is your sting? A grave, where is your victory? But thanks be to God who's done give us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. For both death and grave has lost its power. Amen. Now, then last Sunday we taken, leaving the principle of the doctrine of Christ. In the sixth chapter, we read this, let us go on to perfection, and we find out, that the people today, in many churches, along with the Branham Tabernacle and different ones, we lay too much on studying about the principles of Christ. He was the son of Abraham, he was the son of uh, so-and-so, and all back to genealogy. But the Bible said, let us lay aside those things and go on to perfection. First. You must know the doctrine. And then you must know all these things. Then let's lay them aside. He said a resurrection of the dead, laying out of hands, baptisms, and all those dead articles of God. Yes, they they have no life in them. But the church today just goes to those things. Oh we believe in the deity of Christ, yes, sure. We believe in water baptism? Yes, sure. Laying on the hand, Paul said we'll do all this if God permits. But in the face of all that, let's lay it aside now and go on to perfection. Now the church cannot be perfected through organization. It gets further away from God all the time, or farther away from each other. Amen. We draw barriers, we separate ourselves, seemingly not having the faith. But then when we leave those principles of doctrine, if we move on to perfection, then those little things become of not much use.
1: We go into a relationship,
0: and we find out that the only way that we can be perfected is to be in Christ. And we find out then, by the teachings of the Bible, that how we get into Christ, not by water baptism, not the laying on of hands, not the teaching... But by one Spirit, we are all baptized into one body and become perfected through His suffering. Then we look different. We think different. We act different. We live different. Not because it's a duty or we belong to church, but because of the love that God has shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost that makes us fellow citizens of the kingdom of God. Then there is no denomination of barriers than that. Amen. We're all one great body. Amen. Now we're ready to enter in upon the morning lesson in a few moments. One more thing I'd like to get to here. That is that Paul speaking, in the book of the seventh cha- uh, the sixth chapter, we find out here that we're made perfect in Christ. Then in the thirteenth verse of the sixth chapter, just a little background, for when God made promise to Abraham because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself. God swore by himself because he could not swear by anyone greater. Now we want to go back, let's get to Galatians just a few moments. Turn back to the book of Galatians, in Galatians 3.16, and we'll read here just a moment of what he swore by. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promise made, he saith not, and to seed as of many, but as of one to the seed which is Christ. Now, if you'll notice, reading that close, I should read. To Abraham and his seed, Stangler, were the promises, plural, made. Abraham and his seed. Now, the seed of Abraham was one which was Christ, and prefigure Isaac. But Abraham had many children. He had one before he had Isaac which was showing the slipping up of the unbelief of Sarah who wanted Hannah to bring the child thinking that she was too old and God to bypass and make some other way from the way that he had promised to do it. But God keeps his promise. Amen. No matter how unreasonable it may seem, God's obligated to his promise. Amen. And Sarah thought that maybe she could have... Uh, Hannah, or Hagar, rather, her maid, to give birth to a baby through Abraham, and she would take it. And that became Ishmael, which was a thorn in the flesh from then until now, still a thorn in the flesh. For out there come the Arabs, and they've always been that way. Now, any time that you disbelieve the naked Word of God and adopt some other way, it'll be a thorn in your flesh. From now on, Amen. you take just what God said. If He said it, that's just what He means. Oh, Amen. blessed be His Amen. name. Just take His word. No matter what tries to bypass it, well it really doesn't mean that. It means just what it said. When God makes a promise. Now, if we'll notice closely, Abraham and his seed were the promises one was the seed, singular, and the other was promises. There's more than one promise and more than one person that's included in the seed of Abraham. See, there's one seed, but many people of this seed. Amen. See, there were not just Abraham alone or Isaac alone, but the, it was through all the seed of Abraham, the promises was made to each and every individual seed of that seed. You get it? Therefore, we being dead in Christ, according to the Scriptures, we take on Abraham's seed. And as according to the promise, not the joining church or forming of the dead articles or, or so forth, but by being born of the Spirit of Christ, we are Abraham's seed and are joint heirs with him in the kingdom. Then we go on to read then just a little further now. God making it oath Now the 17th verse of the sixth chapter. Wherein God willing more abundantly, God willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise The immutability of his counsel confirmed it with an oath. Oh, let's just rest now a few minutes. God more willing, not that he had to, but to make this a sure thing. Now we've already found that God became flesh, dwelt among us, how did he manifested his self towards the world? When he found the woman in adultery, he said, I don't I don't condemn you. Go sin no more. When he found the sick, he acted just the way he had to act. For he was God and He He healed the sick, He raised the dead, He forgave the sins, no matter how big it was and how many and how bad couldn't He forgave them anyhow, if they were willing to come and act. Now, notice if God acted any one time on a certain circumstance and if that same circumstance arrives again he's got to act the second time like he did the first time or he's unjust
1: no matter how bad you are in
0: sin how stupid you may become he's got to act to you like he did that fallen woman or he acted wrong then. God's behavior is this person. And what he is in his behavior declares this person. Amen, amen. And that's the way you are. In your behavior, life tells what you are. Amen. As we had went through a, a lesson to the ago, The Methodist people wanted to declare it, when you shout, you got it. The Pentecostal says, when you spoke with tongues, you got it. The shaker said, when you shake, you got it. The Pennsylvania shakers. And we find out that they're all wrong. Amen. Your life declares it. Your person declares what you are. Amen.
1: A man is known by his works.
0: And whatever your life is, you've heard the old story, your life's so loud, I can't hear your words.
1: Amen.
0: So whatever you are, you are. The life that you live shows what kind of a spirit is in you. Amen. And then you may impersonate the wrong thing, or Amen. impersonate the right thing, may I say. You may impersonate a Christian, but there will and by come a time when the stream will be put on. Then it'll show what you are. A chain is the strongest at its weakest link. When Christ, the Son of God, was put to the test,
1: it showed what He was.
0: Sure, when you're put to the test, it'll prove what you are. Your life always reflects what's on the inside of you. By and by, be sure your sins don't find you out. That's what we're trying to say. Jesus said in St. John five twenty four, He that heareth, not he that shaketh, he that speaketh, he that, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me has eternal life and shall never come to the judgment but pass from death unto life. It's your faith. And your faith confessed by your lips make manifest to the people that can hear. But your life is open before all. So no matter how much you try to act this and do this, it'll never work. It's got to be in you. That's the real kernel of the whole story. Your personal faith in the resurrected Christ as your Savior, that he's at the right hand of God acting in your place this morning as you're acting in his place down here as a witness. A witness is to act instead of somebody. Stand for you as a witness. And as your life reflects here what your testimony is in Christ, it reflects there and it reflects here, Amen. and He is up there as what He is for you reflects both there and here. Amen. So you are by your faith; are you saved and that alone? Amen. So sensations, emotions, feelings, anything has no place at all in it. Amen. Now, not, now, don't think wrong. That I do not believe in these emotions, certainly. But what we're all now trying to drill to this people of this day is not emotions. Amen. The devil has took those things and went wild with the people. Amen. Letting them base their eternal destination upon an emotion. Shouting, speaking with tongues, going to church every Sunday, acting like a Christian. That won't have one bearing at that day. Except the man is born again, and your life reflects what you are on the inside. See, not your emotions. You could have blood in your hands. You could speak with tongues. You could heal the sick. You can move mountains with your faith, and you are nothing yet. First Corinthians thirteen. See, it's got to be something happened. By a birth which comes from God, and God brings a new birth into you, and gives you a part of Himself. Then those things are. You are a new creation. I've given this eternal. We went through the word eternal. Forever is the space of time. Eternity is forever. Forever and forever. But there's only one eternity. And we find out that you receive eternal life. And the word in the Greek is zoe, which means God's life, and you receive part of God's life, which makes you a spiritual son of God. And your justice everlasting as God is everlasting. You have no end, no place to stop, because you have no place to begin. Anything has a beginning, has an end. That without a beginning has an end. How we love that precious Word. How the Christian should be established in the faith that was once delivered to the saints, and not be tossed about place to place and joining different churches. Any church you want to belong to is alright as long as you're a Christian. But first, what's the first thing, which is that birth that makes you kinfolks to God as God became kinfolks with you. He became kinfolks that He might raise you up. Before He could raise you up, He had to give you eternal life. Amen. Then God had become kinfolks to take care to raise you up. Then you had to become kinfolks to Him in order to go in the resurrection.
1: Amen.
0: You see what it is? It's just a swap. God became you that you might become God. See, Amen. God became a part of you, flesh, that you might, by His grace, become a part of Him. Amen. That's all somehow they have eternal life. Just a beautiful picture, and oh, all we love it. Amen. Now, God willing, more abundantly, didn't have to, but He was willing to. I'm so glad of that, aren't you?
1: Amen. That
0: our God is willing. Look, at what, what if he wasn't long-suffering? What is the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, faith, peace, long-suffering. Yeah. That's a part of God that's in you. And you can forbearance, forbearing one another's burdens, forgiving one another, as God for Christ's sake forgives you. The Spirit of God in you makes you that way. And then when God was here on earth and became you, became sin, that Him taking your sin bore party for you and paid your penalty for it, God is long-suffering, forbearing our burden, and that He's a good God. Never. If you want to certain things your way, you know, God's good enough to do that. He loves to to make you happy. He wants to... His love and His great love constrains Him. He even steps down sometimes to let you have the things that you want. Yeah, man. Look at Thomas after the resurrection. Thomas wouldn't believe... Oh, he's got many children today. But Thomas said, no, no, I'll have to have some evidence. I'll have to put my hands in his side and in this, my fingers over here in his hands before I will believe it. I, I don't care what you say. See, he was all out of the Scripture order right then. You're supposed to believe it. So he said, I have to have some sort of evidence to prove it. And Jesus appeared. He's good. Come on, Thomas. If that's what you want, well here you are, you can have it. That's the way we always say, Lord, I gotta speak with tongues, I, I gotta shout, I gotta, oh boy, ahead. I'll let you have it. He's good. So he stuck his hands in his side, then he said, oh, it's my Lord and my God. He said, now Thomas, you believe since you've seen, but, how much greater is their reward less?
1: No evidence.
0: And yet believes it. Amen. Yeah, Very hard. That's where we must get yeah. to. How much greater is their reward who seen nothing, but yet believe it. It's an act of faith that we accept it. Now I believe signs following your believers, but let's put first things first. You're gonna have the signs without this, Paul said you could. He said, I could speak with tongue like both man and angel. I'm nothing. I can move mountains by my faith. I'm nothing. I could understand the Bible in such a way I could know all the mysteries of God. I'm nothing. See, that's gifts of the Holy Spirit without the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God. God is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, patience. That's the Spirit of God. That's what God raises up in the last days, through that Spirit. Now, not willing, God more willing, abundantly, to show unto the heirs of the promise, God more willing to show the heirs, who is the heirs? We being dead in Christ, take on Abraham's seed and her heirs. Oh, does that soak Amen. We are heirs Amen. of the kingdom of God through a sworn promise. Amen. God didn't have to swear. His word's perfect. But he swore to by himself, where there's no one greater. As we read on in just a moment, listen. The promise of immutability, of his counsel, Confirmed it by an oath, the mutability, the unchangeable. Amen. God cannot change. He has to remain the same. And if God heal one sick person, he can never change his attitude. Amen. God forgive one sinner, one prostitute. He can never change his attitude. The immutability, the unchanging of God's Word. God said in one place, I'm the Lord who heals all our diseases. He has to stay with us. ever, For he's infinite. He knows it in from the beginning. Now, I can say, I'll do this. And the Bible said we ought to say, if the Lord is willing. Because I'm a mortal. I don't know. Sometimes I have to take my word back, but God can't take his back. God. And he only requested one thing if thou canst believe. Amen. Oh, my Lord. If you can believe, all things are possible. Amen. If thou canst believe. That's all you. If you can, there's a question. But not the question is on God's Word. Because of his immutability, he cannot change. How wonderful. Now listen as we read on down. That by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie. Impossible and impossibility and immutability is practically the same word. Can't change, can't move, has stayed the same forever. Can't be changed. The immutability... And the impossibility, and two by two, immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie. We have two things. Yes, first His Word said He would do it. The second was well, He swore oath on it all going in, He'd do it. Amen. Oh my. Amen. What type of people should we be? Why should we be tossed about and run about and taking the things of the world and acting like this? Nineteen to fifty-seven. Streamline model Christianity. We want to be the old-fashioned type that takes God at his word. He calls those things which were not as though they were, if God said so. Amen. That Amen. settles it. Abraham, who the promise was given to him and his seed, he called the things which were not as though they were. For it was God's promise, knowing that God could not lie. He promised him that. And he believed it. As the years passed by, and the promise seemed to get further away to the natural eye, it became closer to Abraham. Amen. Instead of being weak and say, "Well, maybe there is no such a thing as divine healing. Maybe I'm just go- Maybe there is no such a thing. Maybe I've been wrong in all my conceptions." Then that shows one thing that you haven't been born again. For <laughs> we got through last Sunday. Just a little further back in the chapter, for it is impossible Amen. for a man just wants to taste the heavenly gift and things to fall away again to renew himself to repentance. Absolutely, totally impossible. For he that is born of God does not and cannot commit sin. Amen. For the seed of God remains in him and he cannot sin. The seed of God is the Word of God. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing the word. The sacrifice is made, it's all over. Amen. Now if you do wrong, God will make you pay for it. But if you do you wrong, you don't do it willingly. This chapter, 47 verse What if we sin willfully as we receive the knowledge of the truth. But after you're once born, you have the truth, not the knowledge of it, but you have accepted the truth. And it's become a reality. And you're a child of God for time and eternity. God swore that He would do it. Jesus said, He that hears my words and believes on Him and sent me, have everlasting life and I'll raise Him up to the right things. He'll never come to the judgment. He's passed from death into life. Now with an oath like that, God willing that we should receive it.
1: Now watch what
0: he says here, Paul, speaking to the the church. Is it possible for God to lie? We ought to have a strong consolation. Uh, Not well if the Baptists don't treat me right, I'll go with the Methodists. We should have a strong consolation who has fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. Now in the reading of the last, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, the hope, the sworn of God, we have as the an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters into that is within the veil. Let's speak just a moment on the veil. We didn't get it too good last time tonight. In the veil. The veil is the flesh. The veil is what keeps us from seeing God face to face in this church. The veil is what keeps us from seeing the angels at their positions this morning, standing by the seats. The veil is what keeps us from seeing. We're hid behind the veil, and that veil is the flesh. We are sons and daughters of God. We're in the presence of God. The angels of God are encamped about those who fear Him. We're in the presence of God all the time. I'll never leave thee, neither will I ever forsake thee. I'll be with thee always, even unto the end. But the veil is the flesh. That's what keeps us out of His presence. But through the soul, the spirit, by our faith, we know that He's watching us. He's standing by us. He's here now. Down at Dalton one morning, in old prophet was surrounded by an army. And his servant went on and said, Oh, father, the whole country surrounded by the aliens. And Elijah raised up and said, Well, wow, son, there is more with us than there is with them. Hey, man. Well, he sat his eyes and looked around he could see Nothing. He said, God, would that you'd open his eyes. Amen. Take away the veil. And when the veil got from over his arm, around that old prophet was chariots the fire. The mountains was on fire with angels and chariot. There you are. Oh, then Hazen could say, I understand now. These are
1: veil drop.
0: There's where the hindrance. Here it is. Hold tight. The veil is what keeps us from living the way we should. The veil is what keeps us from doing the things that we really want to do. And God became veiled in flesh. And the veil was torn in two. And God became God again. And he raised up the veil that he hid himself in That's the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Proving to us that in this veil that we're now hid in, by faith we believe in and accept it. And when this veil is torn to our oh, glory's presence, with this assurance, knowing that I know him in the power of his resurrection. At the coming of the Lord Jesus, this veil will be raised up again in a perfected way, so I'll walk in company as my Savior and my God when He takes the throne of David, and we'll live forever. In this veil, as it's been perfected, but this veil has sin in it. It was no matter how, don't ever think of that glorified body in this earth. It's got to die the same as your soul has to die to be born again. In the perfection of not eating meats and doing this and perfecting body, you'll never have it. And you've got to quit this and do this and do this and do this. That's law. That's legalism. We don't believe in the legal forms of salvation. We believe it by grace or are we saved. Amen. And it's not you. You had nothing to do with it. It's God's election that does it. No man can come to me except my Father draws him. Right. That's right. And he, all Jesus come to do was to get these that the Father foreknew and predestinated them before the foundation of the world to become sons and daughters of God. Amen. Amen. Not him that runs or him that willeth, but God that shows mercy. Amen. God that does it. You can't brag at all. or not a thing that you did. God by grace saves you. Amen. Not you yourself. You do you got something to brag about, but you have nothing to brag. All praises goes to him. Amen.
1: Amen.
0: Him. Then he's giving you this sure hope. sworn by hope. The impossibility for his children to ever be lost. Now they get weapons for doing wrong. You reap what you sow. You get that? Don't think that you're just going out and sin. Get by with it. If you do and got that attitude, it shows you've never been born again. You get it? If you still got the desire in you to do the wrong, then you're still wrong. See, for he has perfected forever those that are, and those beasts under the Old Testament and the legal days, offered yearly continually, can never take away sin. But when we put our hands upon his head and confess our sins and are born again of the Spirit of God, we have no more desire of sin. They just passed from you that's for time and eternity you'll make mistakes you'll fall you will willfully do wrong you'll go out sometime and do things that don't mean that you're lost that means that you're going to get correction my little boy lots of times my children' I'll do things your does to that you, they know this against your your rules and they know what to expect when they do it they're going to get a whipping part. Sometimes a good one, but it's still your child. Certainly, it's impossible possible for that man to ever be gone again? That's once been born of eternal life. God's not an Indian giver. He didn't "Hear my words and believe it on Him and send me." Has everlasting life
1: and shall never
0: come to the judgment, but pass from death unto life. Man. I'll raise him up at the last day. That's God's promise. Now, if you go on and say, oh well then I do just, I always do what I want to do. But if you're a Christian, you don't want to do the thing that's wrong. Cause the very life in you, the very foundation, if you want to do wrong, it shows the wrong things in here. How can bitter and sweet water come from the same fountain? So if you've been all mixed up on some kind of emotion or fabulous something, another sensation, forget it. Go back to the altar and say, God, take my whole sinful life away. And put me in such a condition that my whole desire, he is born of God, does not commit sin. That's right, he has no desire to do so. Certainly the devil will trap him here and there, but not willfully. The Bible said so. The devil will trap him there and then. Sure he will. Try to throw a to our Lord Jesus. He did to Moses and caught him. He did to Peter and caught him. He did to many, but Peter even denied him and he went well bitterly. There was something in him. Amen. When the dove was turned out of the ark, the crow went out. He called around. He was in the ark already. But when he went out, his nature was different. He could eat all the old dead carcasses he wanted to and be satisfied. Well, he was a crow to begin with. He was a scavenger. He was no good. He was a hypocrite. Sell me roost with the dove just as big as the dove was. He could fly anywhere the dove could fly. But he could eat good food just like the dove eat. And then he could eat rotten food what the dove couldn't eat. Amen. For the dove is a different mix-up. She's a different make. Amen. She's a dove and the dove cannot digest rotten food. Because you don't have any God. Amen. And a man that's born of the Spirit of God becomes a dove of God. His nature, his change, his makeup. Amen. After you put the spirit of the, the dove into a crow, he'd never sit on a dead carcass. Amen. If he lit out by mistake, he'd to get away quick. Amen.
1: He couldn't stand it. Amen.
0: And a man that's born of the Spirit of God don't entirely. He might lie to the ballroom sometime, but he'll get out of there quick. Yeah, 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 yeah. A woman might entice him, get him turned around, but he'll turn his head again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll get away from there quick. Why he's a dove. you didn't right. go to fool because that he knows my sheep know my voice, yeah, yeah, yeah. and a stranger they my father
1: He's
0: a dove to yeah, yeah. You begin with. That's what I'm speaking about. That actual something anchors in there. Watch close now, God swore. Which hope we have is the anchor of the soul, most steadfast. And which entereth into, into that which is the veil. The veil, God came down veiled in flesh to do what? To show Himself. He had to hide because we couldn't see and He hid behind the veil. And the veil was who? Jesus. Not me that doeth the works, my Father, said Jesus. My Father dwelleth in me. I work, the Father worketh, and I worketh you. Here he is, as the veiled one, walking in the flesh, God Emmanuel, God with us, God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself. Here he is, walking around. Now, he came down and made a sanctification, or a provision, or a propitiation, that through his Offered, paid the price of sin, that he might come back and dwell in us. Amen. Then the faith that we have is a is a veiled faith, or a veiled person.
1: Amen.
0: Therefore, we don't look at the things we see in this veil. The veil has educations and it does things and speaks things. It's a scientific thing, but the spirit. The living God that dwells in here calls those things which were not as though they were, if God said so. There's your veiling. We're in the veil. Now, someday He'll raise this veil up, not born of a woman by the sex desire of man and woman, but by the will of God, He'll speak and she'll come to pass. Then we'll have a body like His own glorious body. We'll be veiled so we can talk to one another, shake one another's hands. Now, when we go from here, there's a tabernacle of theosophy. There's the image of a man that don't eat, don't drink, don't sleep, wait forever, that's where we go to. But they're waiting under the altar, crying, Lord, how long, how long? they come back down because they want to shake hands with one another. They want to sit down and eat and talk to one another. They're human. Thus be the name of the Lord. When God made man in His own image at the beginning, He made himself. Amen. The fellowship with one another because we know one another. Amen. We like the things that God made us because we were made thus. And in his great coming, those who are ready will be thus forever. Amen. And Barbara will stand in his likeness. Oh, God. blessed be that name of Christ. Amen. Now we have the earnest of our salvation as we accept him as our personal Savior, as our healer. All these are remunerations. Are the dividends that's paid on the insurance policy? Amen. Amen. You know what an insurance policy is? You can draw dividends on it until the face value comes. Certainly, you can draw dividends, and we're drawing dividends now. Only the thing as soon as we draw dividends, the remuneration is built up again. An insurance agent one time said to me, "Billy, I'd like to take some insurance." I said, "I have some." My wife looked around at me. Now, nothing gets insurance, but some people are insurance poor. So they turned around and said, my wife looked at me strange. You got insurance? I said, sure. She didn't know nothing about it. He said, well, Billy, what kind of insurance have you got? I said, blessed insurance.
1: Jesus is mine.
0: Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. An heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of His Spirit, washed in His blood. That's very good, Billy. He said, but we won't put you up here in the graveyard. I said, but it'll take me out. That's Amen. the name I'm not worried about getting now I'm worried about getting out. Amen. And since I have the assurance by the sworn God of eternity that he'll raise me up again in the likeness of his son in the light day, I'll walk boldly and have a consolation and an anchor of the soul that while I'm in this fail that someone seen something got me anchored against the rock of ages. out Waters jump and flash. It doesn't make any difference. The death, perils, or anything it separates us not from the love of God. Emma. My anchor holds within the veil. Let the floods rise at her dash at her, if the come, the born again believer has an anchor. Emma. You can't see through this veil yet, but I know my anchor holds down against the rock of the Amen. It is a sworn promise that He'll raise me up the last day. No wonder you to look deaf in the face and say, Where is your staying? Brave, where is your victory? But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We're in the forerunner. Oh
1: my Amen.
0: We go get to the lesson. We're the forerunner. For us. A forerunner. Did you ever notice in the old western days? Many times I've across the old trails. A forerunner scout. When the wagon train was perishing for water, the scout ran ahead. And he seen the tribes of Indians. He bypassed them. And he seen where there was a fountain of water. He rushed back to tell the boss of the wagon train, Stab up the horses! Everybody take good courage! For just over the mountain, there's a big fountain of water. He's a forerunner, and yeah, the forerunner. Man was once pinned down by the devil under rapid fire, but somebody tucked a machine gun nest. Yeah. That was Jesus. Yeah. The forerunner has gone before us, and Satan's standing there with a machine gun pinning us down. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Always, bodies are scared of death. He's guarding that fountain. Sure was. Uh, he's given the commission. Because we've him and drove away from it. But the forerunner, Christ, come in and touch the nest. You've heard that old song, hold the fort Prime I'm coming? Hold the fort, nothing, let's take it. You yeah. don't want to hold it any longer. Yeah. Christ yeah. touch the fort. Hallelujah, the doors open. There's a fountain open in the house of God in the city of David for the kids. For cleansing us of the unclean.
1: Amen.
0: Our forerunner has done entered in for us. The forerunner, he tells us, there's a place just beyond the other where you'll never get old. Where there'll be no wrinkles. Where you won't have to use manufacturers to make you look nice to your husband. Amen.
1: The forerunner has went on.
0: There's never a place where you get old and weary and shaky. There's a place where you'll never get sick. Amen. Where the baby will never have a college. Amen. Where you'll never shed a false or tooth to get a false one. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, let be His name. He entered in, it and marble will stand in His likeness someday on earth. Fires and the sun will shine. Certainly, the forerunner has gone before us. The forerunner is gone as for us entered. Even Jesus made a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. This great forerunner has gone before us, making a way. He's become from the Spirit, the great fountains of the rainbow of God, who had no beginning or no end. He was forever God. This ray of light went forth. It was a ray of love. That's the main one, red. The next color, flowers, which is blue. Blue, the trueness. That's followed after that was other colors, the seven perfect colors, which is the seven spirits of God. Amen. It went from that great fountain to that great diamond that Jesus spoke of, that great diamond is chipped to reflect these colors. God was made flesh and dwell among us that he might reflect his goodness and mercy among us by gifts and signs and wonders. That whole big rainbow had become in the theosomy of, made in the image like man. Yet yeah, he wasn't a man. He didn't have flesh yet. He was a the theosomy. Moses said, I'd like to see it. God hit him in the rock and when he passed by turn turned his back. Moses said, it looked like the back of a man. Then what comes to pass? One day when Abraham was sitting in his tent, we'll get to it tonight, when Abraham was sitting in his tent, God came up to him in a body of flesh. Well, you say, brother Graham, he was. We're we'll finding out here meeting Abraham before that in the order of Melchizedek, a body of flesh which was God.
1: Sure was.
0: He was God in flesh. You said, then, brother Graham, why would he have come back before? and be born? He wasn't born, and he was just created a body that he dwelt in. Melchizedek was a king of Salem, which is the king of Jerusalem, which is the king of peace which had neither father nor mother, beginning of days or ending of life. Jesus had both father and mother and beginning of days and ending of life. But he was made out of the order of Melchizedek, which had no beginning of days or ending of life. Melchizedek was God himself. Melchizedek was Jehovah God, the same one that met Abraham years later in front of his tent, had his back turned to him and said, Why does Sarah
1: yeah. That's right.
0: He was the one who stood there looking over George Sodom. Abraham recognized him because inside of his veil was an anchor holding that promise. Not because he had some sensation, but God made him the promise. And when he came come into contact with that great magnet, he knew it was in that flesh. Amen. Walked out with Abraham out there a little piece. He told Abraham, "Said, seeing that I'll keep these things from Abraham to see that he's the heir of the world. I just won't do it. So Abraham, I'll tell you what I'm on the road to do. We pick it up tonight. Down there in Sodom, and what was all he was going to do. And as soon as he had blessed Abraham, he went back into space again. Amen. A man that stood there and had dust on his clothes. A man. And not only that, but he ate the flesh of a calf that Abraham killed. And drinking the milk from the cow. And eat some whole cakes, some cornbread. And had butter on it. It's exactly right. Amen.
1: And then it turned back
0: to a theostomy again. Why was it? Why didn't you take it then? He had never been born like you and I. Amen. But he had to be born in the flesh so he could hold that stinger that was a created body. But the body that he just pulled the calcium and polish out of the earth and said, And stepped into it. That was the same thing Melchizedek was. He stepped into it in a body that he could walk out before him under the veil of a veil of his own creation. Not a veil of the creation of a woman. Through the womb of a woman, through a, a cell. Never. But he created this and stepped out into it and talked in the order of Melchizedek. Who is this Melchizedek? For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, which is Jerusalem... Prince of the Most High God. Certainly, who met Abraham, returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessing, to whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all, first being by interpretation, king of righteousness, a great love, a great spirit in the beginning, king of righteousness, after that king of Salem, which is the king of peace, without father, without mother, without descent, having neither beginning of days or ending of life. Amen. Who was it? He never was born. He never will die. Amen.
1: Amen.
0: Who is it? It was God. Sure love. In the foreshadow of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Certainly was, but he had to come through a woman in order you come through a woman. And he had to come the way you come in order to bring you back to him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amazing. Great. How sweet the sounds. Amen. I pay the poor blind, rich like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found by His grace. I was blind, but now I see. I understand what He had to do. God became me that I, by grace, might become of Him. He taken my sins that through His righteousness I might have eternal life. I could not choose myself. My nature was a sinner. I had nothing to do with us. Born of the world, shaken in iniquity, come to the world speaking high. Not even a chance at all.
1: Nothing, not even
0: a desire. Tell a pig he's wrong eating slop, will you? See how much he'll listen to you. Tell a crow he's wrong eating on a dead carcass and see what he'll tell you. If he can talk, you change your own business. <laughs> Thirdly, oh, but the grace of God that changed this nature and give me the opportunity to desire and to crave and to thirst. Amen. Thy love, kindness is better than me than life, O oh God. My heart longs after Thee. David said, As the heart payeth for the water brooks, so my soul thirsts after Thee, O oh God. Amen. God gave man that thirst to worship Him, to sink after Him. But man perverts it by the call of the devil. And He goes and lusts after women and the pleasures and things of the world, trying to satisfy the holy creation God put in to love him, he places up on the things of the world. Uh, but brother, when he's once changed and that fountain with wiggletails tails in it, all kinds of of disorders of the sister has been cleansed out and sterilized in the pure water God is put in there. Sin can never touch it. Amen. 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 Oh how I love him. All I adore him. My life, my sunshine, my all in all. The great creator became my Savior. All God's fullness dwelleth in him. Amen. Down from his glory, the ever living story, my God and Savior came, and Jesus was his name. Born in a manger. To the, born a stranger, the God of sorrow, tears, and agony. Oh, how I love Him. How I adore Him. My breath, my sunshine, my heart! Oh, God. How could He do it? Man's tried to write it one said, if we would think the ocean fill, and ever Drawing earth a quill, all the skies a parson made, every man a scribe by trade, the right to write the love of God above, how that great God of heaven became flesh and taken my sin. the right the love of God above would drain the ocean dry, for though the scroll contained to whole, those stretched from the sky of God, And to make the heirs of this salvation a sure hope, he swore by himself that he had raised us up in the last days, give us eternal life, and no man can pluck him from my hand. Amen. Amen. Praise
1: God.
0: Let's pray. Are you guilty of spurning this love? Have you shunned his blessed being? This great one who made you what you are. And now here you are this morning, this far in life. And it's given you an opportunity. Do you want to continue to live? There's only one way to live. That's believe on the Lord Jesus. If you from your heart believe that he's the son of God. And accept him as your savior. And believe that God raised him up for your justification. If you want to accept it on that basis. It's yours now raise your hand some unpenetent soul that would like to repent, repent this morning say remember me brother preacher as we go to prayer I to have failed I've joined church but I, I know I've I never had that what you're talking about I've never been born to that spirit brother Brenham I just I just haven't got it that's all I want you to pray for me that God will give it to me this morning God bless you sir to be another say God make me what I, you want me to be I want you to be. I want to be as you want me to be. I've spurned your love. God bless you, son. Just a moment. If we within the ocean fill and work the sky my Where every stall on earth a quill, and every man a by. The poet that wrote those words, but just like many others of your believers, searching, trying to find words to express it, that is written in the Bible, more because the preacher was wise, he sought out and stepped in order many words. Oh, how we would love to have the tongue and the vocabulary that we could explain to the people. What it really is. But it could not be found on mortal lips. All eternity, doubtless whether it'll ever reveal it, how does the God of heaven ever come to the earth to save poor lost wretched sinners? I pray thee, Father, that through these few unbroken words or broken words this morning, as I should say. That someone has found peace and a satisfaction and a strong consolation who's fled for refuge and made their soul anchor to that promise which God swore to that He had raised them up at the last day. Several hands went up in the building right here in the tabernacle. God, give them a steadfast hope right now. May they anchor against the rock of ages. No matter how bad the sea may toss them, their little barks may jump, they have an anchor. The promise of God, there they stay. God said it, he can't lie. He that heareth my words, which I have tried to preach this morning, and believeth on him that sent me, Jehovah, hath everlasting life, and shall not come to the judgment but has passed from death to life. Oh, eternal one, bless those today. And may every person in here that's not under the blood, their soul never been converted, may it happen just now, Lord. You work the mystery. It's all yours that's committed to you. I pray that you'll give it to them, eternal life. May someday over on the other shore, as one by one we go down through the valley, may we meet over there where they'll never say goodbye no more. Someday we'll come to the river, at the closing of time, when the last thoughts of sorrow is gone, there'll be somebody waiting that'll show us the way, won't have to cross Jordan alone. There'll be one somebody. That'll show me the way. I won't have to cross the cross jar. Oh, it's got that hope. Raise your hand up now as you raise your head. I won't have. I just worship him. The message is over. Aren't you happy? God swore he would. God swore he'd meet you there. Jesus died. they're screaming and crying, that big door swings open yonder. You'll be waiting. David said, "If I make my bed in hell, he'll be there. I won't have to cross it alone." When the sprays of the river begin to flash into her face. God will take the lifeboat, guide us right across it. He promised he would. David the prophet said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. Thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Lord, we are so happy today that we was included, the heir of the promise. Today we have within us eternal life because we love the Lord Jesus and have believed him and accepted his word and his teaching. And He give to us as a seal of our faith, the Holy Spirit. The seal of the Holy Spirit, our faith within us is anchored. And though many times we're walking through dark shadows, many times we're stumbling along the road, but our anchor still holds. There's something yet way yonder that seems to be guiding on, saying, move on. We're going on. God bless us. We need you. Keep us ever faithful and true until the time you come for us. We'll praise thee through the ceaseless ages, and that day when we stand on the earth, His blessed feet has never touched the earth yet. There He stands, there in air, and the saints and the redeemed from all ages, do ever watch, first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh, all stand there robed in His righteousness. We crown him the King of kings and the Lord of lords and sing those redemption stories. Our poor hearts shall quiver as we look upon him who loved us and gave himself for us while we were unlovable and sinners. Christ died that we might be saved. We thank thee, Father, in Christ's name. Amen. Don't you just feel like you just like to just somehow put your arms around him? Wouldn't you just love to crawl up and touch his feet, you know? You know, we used to be some people come to my services in Phoenix, Arizona, said, I'd like to talk it over with him. I'd like to say, Lord, you love me when my past got so dim. I just love to talk it over with him before we cross over him. I want to see him. I, I, I just want to see him. To think how I'll feel, how my poor heart will quiver when I see him standing there. I've often wondered. I wish I could have heard that voice say, "Come unto me, all you laboring, heavy laden. I'll give you a rest." I probably never hear that literally like he spoke it then, but I want to hear him say, "This is the last day. It was well done." My good and faithful servant, I entered into the joys of the Lord that's been prepared for you. Since how long? Since you got saved? No, brother, since the foundation of the world. When I saw you and foreknew you in our days eternal life, you were blessed then. All that he have foreknew, he has called. Is that right? All he has called, he has justified. Those who he has justified, he has already glorified. There you are. He foreknew us, called us, justified us, and we're already glorified with Him at the end of the world, going to our reward. Aren't you happy? Sure, it'll make you love Him. When you couldn't help yourself, and here He comes and done that for you. Let's be the tie that binds such a dirty Our hearts in Christian love. While we have a little fellowship of worship here now, then we're going to pray for this thing. God bless you. You raise your hands to Christ this morning. Find you a place to worship, serving. Now let's just worship you now as a congregation, all you Thessalonians, Church of God, assemblies of God, Presbyterians, Lutherans, Catholics, all together now. Let's sing now. Bless be the time. Shake each other's hand now while we're singing again. Before, shake hands with somebody behind you, front of you, either side. See, that's how we think. Word pain, but we shall still be joined in heart. One, and to me. If no more here, at that great day we'll meet. Now, Father, receive our worship this morning. Take the word and plant it into the believer's heart. May they not be just tossed about and up today and down tomorrow, but may these words find their resting place in every believer's heart. To know this, that God has sworn by an oath. And there's two immutable things of the immutability of God. That is that it's impossible for him to lie. That the heirs of this salvation might have this strong hope. Dead fast and sure I anchor in the soul. To know this that God has promised us by a sworn oath. One that he cannot lie, the other is sworn oath on top of that. That he'll raise us up at the last day and give us eternal life. Knowing that after we have been called, that he said that he knew us before the foundation of the world and predestinated us unto the adoption of children through Jesus Christ. And he foreknew us, he called us. And when he called us, he justified us. We cannot justify ourselves, so he justified us by the death of his own son. Those who he has justified, he has already glorified. The word's already spoke, and we're just on our road. Going along, rejoicing on our way to glory. Give people faith. And may the little habits and things that's hanging on to the people, may they shake loose from them this morning with this word of God, which is a Anchor of the soul, steadfast and sure. May they shake away their habits, their little tempers, and the things that then as Paul said in the further part of the message in a few days, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that does easily beset us, that we might run with patience the race that's set before us, looking to the author and finisher of our faith, Jesus Christ, who is tempted in all manner like we are, yet without sinning, He was permitted to be tempted, but he did not heed the temptation. We are tempted to sin, but never to heed, because the life that is within us is the anchor of our eternal destination, and we hold that sacred to our heart. Now, there's many that Satan has afflicted with afflictions. We're fixing to pray for them, Father. May they, as they pass by under the word of God today, that precious word that's been preached, the Bible-given witness, the angels of God standing near. And the great Holy Spirit, above all, is standing here to give witness to the Word. Now, Father, as they pass under the Word of promise this morning, may they go from here to be well, to remove their braces, to leave the chairs and and the cots that they lay on, and to just be made well. Grant it, Lord. May they return to the next service that they are permitted to come, or to their own churches, rejoicing, showing what great things Christ has did. This we minister for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. I am to apologize for a promise that I made. That this morning we had the seventh chapter, but I didn't get to it. And we have to allow a little time here for uh, for the prayer line. And now tonight, the Lord willing, we'll take the seventh chapter and find out who this Melchizedek was. How many would like to know, oh, we're just going right down to find out just exactly who he is, and the Scripture tells who he is, see? And Schofield says, it was a priesthood. How could it be a priesthood without beginning or end? It wasn't a priesthood, it was a man, Melchizedek, a name, a person. Like, uh, not disregarding, but Christian science says the Holy Ghost is a thought. And the Bible said he, the Holy Ghost, and he's a personal pronoun, it's a person.
1: Amen.
0: Not a thought, it's a person. Absolutely. And Melchizedek is a man. A man who had no beginning of days or ending of years. He had neither father or mother or descent. And we'll find out who he is in the Lord when he's like Father Word. Do you love it? Amen. Oh, thy word is a lamp unto my back and my feet. Amen. Oh, now, you say, Brother Bram, I don't understand it all, and neither do I. But one time I was preaching down in Kentucky, and to some of the newcomers, the Catholic and different ones who may not understand how these deep, rich things of the Scripture, I've been preaching on divine healing. A little barefooted girl brought, she wasn't 15 years old, had a little baby, and it had the palsy. And I said, what's the matter, sister, with your baby? She said, it's got the jerks. She didn't know what to say, palsy, she didn't know what to call it. Little thing probably never had a pair of shoes on her life. Some man's darling, long hair hanging down. I said, Do you believe? And them little steel gray eyes looked at me. And she said, Yasa, I sure believe. I took the little baby while I was praying for it and quit jerking. And it went out went out. Next day I was squirrel hunting over in the side of the mountain. I heard the man sitting there talking, the old saw buzzing, and I sit down, i been squirrel hunting, and they was talking about it, and they sitting there chewing the back and spitting the leaves of flying, like that, and they were talking about, now, uh, about the meeting the night before. And one of them said, I've seen that baby. I went by there this morning, it isn't jerking yet this morning. See? So that was real, and he was spitting, and they had rifles leaning against the tree, so I thought I'd better make myself known, you know, they had feuds down there too. So I walked up, I said, Good morning, brethren. That great big fellow seemed to be speaking. He had a chew at the back of in his mouth like that, way out on his side like that, and big long neck. And he had a great big old hat on and pulled down over his face. He looked around to see me. He reached up and got the hat, jerked it off, went. Yeah. Swallowed that chew tobacco and said, Good morning, Parson. <laughs> yes, sir. Respect. Not trying. How he ever lived over it, I don't know. But he did. So the next night coming back. There was a man there who wanted to argue with me a little bit. He went to a church that didn't believe in divine healing. So this was a Methodist church, White Hill, Kentucky. So he, so he, he um, went to, he used to stand outside, he had a lantern in his hand. And he said, I want to say something, preacher. I just can't accept that because I can't see it. I said, you can't see it. He said, no. I said, I'm a sick man myself. but said, I just can't see it. I said, where do you live? He said, back over on Big Runnings. I said, well, how are you going to get home? He said, well, I'm going to walk home. I said, can you see your home? He said, no, sir. I said, it's "All awful dark and It's cloudy. He said, yeah. I said, how are you going home? He said, by this lantern. I said, the lantern doesn't show light all the way to the house. I said, how do you go? He said, well, I'll walk by the lantern. I said, that's it. You've got the light of the lantern now, and every time you step this way, the light will keep showing on ahead of you. If you just keep walking, the light will keep going with you. And you do that this morning. You want Christ, the great high priest, the intercessor for your sickness or your diseases or your soul. You might not understand it, we don't, but we're commanded to walk in the light as he is in the light. You make one step in the light. And when you got the light with you, the light will shine yeah. to the perfect day. It'll keep the path before you, and we'll walk up this grand old highway, yeah. telling everywhere I go. I'd rather be an old time Christian, Lord, than anything I know.
1: <laughs> yeah. Ever hear
0: that old song? There's nothing like an old time Christian. Yeah. Christian loves to show. Yeah. We're walking in the grand old highway, and telling everywhere we go. I'd rather be an old-time Christian, Lord, than anything I know. I just love it. All right. Now, we're going to pray for the sick. We don't claim that we can heal the sick. If we did, we'd be telling something wrong. Every sick person in here is already healed. That's what the Scripture says. By his stripes we were healed. Is that right? Every sinner that's in here, if there happened to be one, you've been saved since Jesus died. But don't you never die here, where your opportunity was placed before you to go into his presence and to try to accept it. It's made for now. Amen. Right now, you must accept it. If you go beyond the blood, then you're nothing but you're already judged because you're judged by the way that you treated the, the atonement of the Lord Jesus Christ. You judge yourself there. So he was wounded for our transgression, and with his stripes we were healed. So there's nothing I would have to heal you. There's nothing the church would have to heal you. The only thing we could pray for is this, that your faith will not fail, that you'll come to the altar this morning to accept Christ as your healer, as you did for your Savior, and without any God works miracles. He shows great signs, blind, deaf, dumb, everything or healed right here at the tabernacle. But whether it is or not, we accept it anyhow. Many times those things are about vision. How many was here about three Sundays ago or four when the man coming in here both blind and paralyzed or sitting in a chair with a balanced nerve? And before left home, I saw him in a vision. That so there'd be a man there dark hair turning gray, his wife's attractive-looking woman, about 60 years old. She'll come and be crying, and she'll ask me to come back and pray for her husband. He sat right there. And I come down, and I said to some of the brethren here, watch this. And when we went down to the altar, others had prayed. When I went to pray, I walked right away and come back over here. And his wife rose up and come just exactly the way the Lord had said it would be. People watching to see if it happened that way. It never failed. And so when he walked, come to find out that a man, Dr. Ackerman, down in Birdseye, Indiana, was the one who sent him up here, who is a Catholic. And his boy is a priest in a monastery there at St. Miners. And Dr. Ackerman is the hunting partner of mine. And he sent the man up here. And the Lord showed me a black-headed man that was sent him, but I didn't know who it was. And I said, was that Dr. Ackerman? He said, it was. See? And then the man, I said, it's thus saith the Lord. Walked down, I said, sir, stand up. Both blind and couldn't, he, the, the balance nerve was gone. He couldn't hold himself up. See? Been that way for years. Been the males and all around. Just prayed the prayer for him and raised him up. There he went walking down through first he said, I can't see you. Then he screamed, Yes, I can. His eyes come open. There, him being Orthodox, his wife Presbyterian. Some people think that Presbyterian don't shout in Orthodox. You already heard them. Sure. They were screaming and hugging each other. Come back, he got his wheelchair and walked on out and down the steps like any other man could see and speak and, and so forth. Had a letter from him, were called the other day, I believe, by the Coxman, and said, His eyes had a burning sensation. Certainly. It's the nerve, the optical nerve, the growing and coming back to life, you know, and taking its place. The curse was taken off. If you let nature have its way, if nothing hinders nature, then it'll it have full sway. If you've got a band around your arm shutting off circulation, your hand will finally die. Now, because naturally it'll be all right if you just let it alone, but something's interrupted nature. Then if you can't see it, you no know, way for a doctor to catch it, only two things he can work by. What he can see, what he can feel. That's the only thing he can work by. What he sees and what he feels. If he can't see it, then it has to be spiritual. And his only thinking, one thing can happen. We pray. Christ moves the curse, sends away the devil, and that begins to get normal. Well, gets well, and that's all there is to it. In my name, they shall cast out devil. Is that right? It's a promise to the church. It's a promise of power. What? It's His presence with us. Now, what makes us from being perfect this morning to do those things just as he did is because we're still in the veil, see? But we have some feeling in there that tells us, oh, yeah, see? And when you accept your healing, no matter what the veil says, it's what the Word says. That's it. That's it. And the, the, the Word always is predominant over anything. God's eternal Word. Look at Sarah, her womb dead, 90 years old, lived with her husband since she was about 16 or 17, no children. Abraham 100. God turned right around and gave him the baby. Amen. Because they believed they called those things which were not as though they were. Enter that way this morning, friends. And tonight, we expect, if you all are visiting with us, we're happy to have you here this morning. And God be with you. If you're in the city for the evening, we'd be happy to have you this evening uh, on the rest of this service of Melchizedek. And then if you're not, and you have a church of your own, you go to your own church. That's, that's your post of duty. If you belong to a church, you go there. This is this little tabernacle where we gather in here and have fellowship one with another. Now, the Lord bless you, and our sister Gertie will pray for us. The great physician now is near, and is there any here to be prayed for? Raise your hand. Those who want to come in the prayer line, put your faith to Christ, alright. If you'll line up on this side of the church, if you will, and if they'll pull a seat down just a little bit, brother, if you will so that we can uh, get a little room in there and can bring the folks through come over on this side and we're going to pray now while we sing and I'm going to ask the elders here of any denomination of church regardless of what it is if you believe in divine healing would you stand here with me on this platform to pray for the sick we'd be glad to have you any denomination or no denomination or whatever you are we'd be glad to have you Would you just come now for prayer? Come up and stand with me.
1: But
0: Neville, you'll come with the oil.